Hello and welcome to Safer Stronger Kids, the podcast. I'm Caroline Allen. My goal in my business and through this podcast is to help you raise kind, resilient young people and is to walk alongside you on your journey towards safer, stronger parenting. Thanks so much for joining me. Hi everyone, welcome to episode four, season three of Safer Stronger Kids, the podcast. I'm Caroline Allen. In this season, we're talking about things that help us build connections with our kids, things that strengthen our connections with them on an everyday basis. So today, I want to talk to you about one of the most powerful tools that we have that helps us to strengthen our connections with our kids. It's something that we can all learn. It's something that doesn't really take any extra time. It's something that you might find more challenging than you expect because chances are it was not role model to you when you were growing up. But it's something that when you practice it, it'll first sound really clunky. And as you get into the swing of it, you'll have this moment where you go, oh my God, this really works. (laughs) And you will also start to realize that this is not just something that you can use with your kids. It's actually something that benefits all of your relationships. And you'll start to use it and apply it in many of your interactions that you have every day. (laughs) And you will also really start to notice when people fail to do it in conversations with you. And as a result of that, you'll notice when you walk away from a conversation and you feel frustrated or you feel like you haven't been heard, you haven't been listened to, and you'll be able to see, oh, it's because they didn't do this and instead they did this. And that's how our conversation went and that's why I now feel like this. (laughs) It all sounds a little bit obscure, doesn't it? So let me tell you what it is. The tool is emotion coaching. Emotion coaching is a little bit of a buzzword. Chances are you've seen it described around Facebook or you've read a blog on it somewhere. I wonder if you feel like you've really got a handle on it. And have you got a handle on it in a way that helps you to actually apply it in your conversations with your kids and with others? Now, the truth is emotion coaching is actually quite a big topic. There is a lot to it. There are a lot of barriers as to why we might know that we should emotion coach and then fail to do it. And because it's such a big topic, I'm not going to be able to go into all of that here. But what I do want to do in this episode is give you an introduction to it, give you a foundation to emotion coaching so that then if you choose to, you can go and do more research, find some more books about it, read some more blogs, and hopefully it will all start to come together in a way that genuinely is really useful to you and that you can start to apply. If you want to go further with your learnings about emotion coaching, I have an online course about it. If you listen to today's episode and you think, okay, I need to know more, (laughs) then make sure you head over to my website and look up my emotion coaching course. So what actually is emotion coaching? Emotion coaching is a framework. It's a five-step process that we can memorize and learn and apply to our conversations with our kids as well as all of our conversations with others. It's a framework for responding to their feelings. Now, since we also know that all behaviors come from feelings, the truth is that we can use it 
when we're struggling with our child's behavior and we're trying to figure out why they're behaving the way they are, or we're looking for a way to respond, we're thinking, why are they doing this? What do I need to do about it? Emotion coaching will become your go-to for all of those tricky moments, as well as something you pull out of your hat when you're driving in the car and you can tell they're just not themselves. Or when you pull up at netball and they seem nervous and they don't want to get out of the car. Or when you get to a friend's house, they're not sure how they're feeling about going in. Or when they come home from a sleepover (laughs) and you're checking in about how it went. Emotion coaching suits such a big variety of situations. Does it work in every single situation? There are times when emotion coaching won't be the tool that you want to pull out of your toolbox. That's okay. There's no tool that's going to apply in every single situation. But emotion coaching is a big one and you will find yourself leaning into it a big percentage of the time. You might not always use all five steps. Sometimes you might just need one or two. But the language and style of speaking, you'll find it threading into your everyday conversations in no time. So what are the five steps to emotion coaching? I've come up with my own names to them. So when you see them written in different PDFs and different blogs, you might see them described slightly differently. But after teaching this to so many different people, these are the ways that I've developed to describe them, to help people remember them so that then they can move themselves through the steps. Step one of emotion coaching is find the feeling. So you find this is nonverbal. This is just thinking that you're doing inside your own head. You find your own feeling because remembering that how you are feeling will influence how you perceive the next part. So you need to know how you are feeling. Then find the feeling becomes about your child. How is your child feeling? So inside your own head, find the feeling. Find your feeling. Find what you think your child might be feeling. Use that to frame everything that happens next. Step number two is about managing the moment. It's about realizing that, oh, this could be a moment for emotion coaching. This could be a moment for connection, for learning, for growth, for coming together. Or this could be not. This could be a moment that actually right now we just need to make a beeline for the door as quick as we can, keeping things as settled, and we'll come back to the emotion coaching moment later on. So that was step number two being about managing the moment, deciding, is this an opportunity? Is this an opportunity for emotion coaching or is it not? Do I need to make a different decision right now? The reason that that's important is that some kids are comfortable about talking about their feelings all day, every day, no matter where they are. (laughs) And you might be able to emotion coach them no matter what is going on. Other kids aren't the same. Other kids would rather be in a private space when no one else is around and no one is listening before you start to talk to them about their feelings. And that's okay. We're all different. So you've got to know your own kid. You've got to know yourself. You've got to be able to read the moment and decide which way am I going to take this right now. Step three in our emotion coaching framework is about learning to listen. Listening properly. Listening with your eyes listening with your ears, listening with your imagination by imagining what they're feeling and experiencing, listening with your heart by actually being willing to open it up and feel what they are feeling and really be in this with them for that moment. 
learning to listen is also about reflective listening. So it's about getting ready to repeat back what they are saying to you. Reflective listening or learning to listen might sound like them saying, I hated school today. And us saying, you hated school today. We don't often do that, do we? If your child said, I hated school today, hmm, we might be tempted to say, well, look on the bright side. It can't have been that bad. Really? I don't believe that for a second. Well, tell me something good that happened. You know you're very lucky to go to school. Not everyone gets to go to school. (laughs) So many different ways that we respond, not just to our kids, but to people in general. Well, we're actually jumping so many steps. What they need in that moment is actually just to know that we're paying attention, that our ears are switched on to them, that our hearts are switched on to them, and that we're actually really deeply, properly listening to what they say. So reflective listening is probably the hardest step of emotion coaching because it's the moment when instead of skipping to the solution, skipping to the setting a limit, skipping to telling them to look at the bright side, Instead, just repeat back what they have said. Now, you might do this more than once in the conversation. They say, I had a bad day. You say, you had a bad day at school. They say, my teacher was really mean to me. You say, your teacher was really mean to you? (laughs) You can tell it could get irritating for someone if we keep parroting them over and over and over again, but you can read that situation for yourself. You can paraphrase it. Just be mindful of how you stay in the conversation, in the moment, how you demonstrate that you're actually listening instead of skipping ahead to the problem-solving part. So that was step three of emotion coaching, learning to actually listen. If you feel like you need more information about reflective listening right now, go and Google it. You will find plenty of resources. Step four in our emotion coaching process is called name it to tame it. That's what I call it, which is a Dan Siegel phrase. And (laughs) it's about naming the feeling. Because when we name the feeling, it's actually neurologically one of the fastest ways to calm ourselves down. Now for our kids, what we would like to do ideally is encourage them to find the name of their feeling. We might say, I wonder how that made you feel. What did that feel like? What did you feel in your body when that happened? encourage them to come up with the words. With younger kids, they might need more help. So you might say, I wonder if that made you feel really frustrated. You might notice with some kids that if you say, you must have been so frustrated, they get a little bit mad. I wasn't frustrated. Yeah, I'm just trying to name it to dame it. That might happen because not everybody likes to be told what they were feeling. Some kids, they don't care if you phrase it like that. They'll go, yes, I was. Other kids, it will rub them up the wrong way. They want to have the autonomy to describe how they were feeling and they don't want you to label it. If you have one of those kids, just preface it with, I wonder. I wonder if you felt really frustrated. I wonder if that felt really lonely. Does that sound right or was it something different? So you're really leaning into inviting them to consider how it made them feel. Can you hear how validating this conversation is compared to what might normally happen? 
It's the process of that reflective listening combined with that validating and exploring the feeling. Oh, it just helps kids, helps anyone feel really deeply heard. Your empathy is being communicated just in how you are responding right now. You can add in, wow, that must have been really hard. That sounds like it was a really difficult day. Yeah, I get that. I can see why you're so frustrated. Those validations are really powerful too. But even if all you did was reflective listen, so they're repeating back, and then that next step of wondering at how they're feeling or helping them to name it, your empathy is really front and centre and really clear and easy for them to see and to feel. The next step in emotion coaching is about problem solving and setting limits. Problem solving and setting limits is the part where you might put a limit on a behaviour. That must have been a really hard day. I can see that you have had a really tough time today. Still not willing for you to speak to your sister like that. Still not okay for you to hit your sister. Let's talk about what we could do tomorrow. Do you have any ideas for what might help make a better day? So you can set limits on behaviour while still allowing the feeling. While still understanding their point of view, you can still put a limit on, well, hey, the way you expressed that wasn't okay with me. Maybe we need to talk about how you express this feeling next time. Or let's come up with a way to help solve the problem that you're experiencing right now. Can you see how when we package all of that up together, our kids have a very different experience. Kids whose parents know how to emotion coach, even if they don't do it all the time, these kids do better in so many different areas of their life. They're physically healthier. They literally get sick less often. They do better in school. They have stronger relationships. Their friendships at school and beyond are stronger. Their outcomes, their mental health outcomes, especially across the lifespan, improve. The well-being benefits of emotion coaching are mental and physical and they are very, very real. The truth is that our willingness to emotion coach is one of the most powerful things we can do for our kids It's probably way more important than other things we get really tied up in, like where we choose to send them to school or the co-curricular activities we choose to engage them in. Part of that is to do with when we emotion coach, what are we not doing? When we emotion coach, we're not disapproving of our children's feelings. We're not gaslighting them. We're not employing some sort of toxic positivity where we're just telling them to look on the bright side or reminding them constantly about how lucky they are and them feeling like they're not even allowed to express what was hard or bad because no one's really going to listen anyway. We're not forcing them to bury their feelings, to whack a smile on their face regardless of what's going on. And we're actively working to help them develop the skills to express their feelings to reflect on their own day, their own lives, their own selves. And all of that is really powerful for their mind, body and their soul. And it's stuff that will stay with them forever. It's also stuff that if we do it for them, they'll be better equipped to do it for their own children. 
And this is how we create intergenerational change. When we emotion coach, we're present. We're paying attention. Our kids feel felt by us. They know that we feel how they're feeling, that we get it, and that we're there to help them work out or to help guide them through what they're going to do next. It doesn't mean we're automatically rescuing them from every situation, that we're helicoptering over them and solving all of their problems. We're just being available. We're helping them learn to express themselves, which means that as they get bigger, they'll be more able to seek help for themselves in the future as well, whether it's from us or from others. That's how emotion coaching is one of the number one ways that we can strengthen our connections to our kids, that we can build a more resilient relationship with them. When we emotion coach, our kids feel safe. They feel seen. They feel soothed. They feel secure. They know that we're there for them now and in the future. It's quite possible that as you start to emotion coach, you might feel surprised at how hard you find it. And that might be because it forces you to examine your own relationship to your own feelings. Or it might bring up how you were parented and how your feelings were responded to when you were growing up. The truth is, though, emotion coaching is worth the effort. It really will strengthen your relationships with your kids as well as strengthening your relationships with those around you. It'll make you a better listener. And because you become a better listener, your kids will also be more willing to listen when you do give them some advice. So like I said, that was a whirlwind tour of emotion coaching. I have a whole course about emotion coaching, which I'm pretty sure runs for about five to six hours exploring this in a whole lot more detail. But what I wanted to do today was give you an introduction, something that you can then go further with. So if that's my course, awesome. Look me up at saferstrongkids.com. If it's not that, you want to dive into Google or finding some great books about it, get on it. It'll be worth the effort. Thank you so much for joining me today and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Thanks so much for joining me for Safer Stronger Kids, the podcast. If you'd like to find out more about what I do, visit my website, saferstrongerkids.com. Follow me on Facebook, Caroline Allen, Safer Stronger Kids, and follow me on Instagram at saferstronger. Can't wait to talk to you again soon.